RadioInfluence.com. And it is another edition of The Rock Stops here. Hello, hello, hello. Fresh off of an NFL minicamp. Not only did I just get back from an NFL minicamp, I got back from the Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady, led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll get into that. You know what? You really can't take too much from a minicamp, but I will explain. Uh, Welcome again little boxing. Now we got a little bit of time. My guest today is five-time world champion, the Magic Man from Orlando, Florida, now residing in Tampa, Florida, the one, the only Antonio Tarver. I've known Antonio for a long time. Now he does hit briefly on the Logan Paul, the Jake Paul, the YouTubers coming into this sport of boxing and it has pissed off so many hardcore boxing fans, uh, just people, older people in general that don't understand how these guys, these YouTubers are making all this money, millions of dollars. He'll hit on it. I just got to say briefly here, I've had time to think about this now. Okay. You know what? It does nothing. It is a sideshow. It is an entertainment event. That's what it is. Oh, there's interest. Even though you may say, oh, it's a joke. And why do all this? It was the number one trending topic on uh, Google the Saturday before this last fight. Uh, You know, Logan Paul is 26 years old and he made $25 million in one night. You know, oh, and I had, I, when I posted this, I had people, oh, he doesn't have a brain. He's so stupid. What? You're on your couch. <laughs> what are you bringing in this year? Let me see your tax return. He's making $20 million. Would you not want to be him? He's doing something right. And it's, but when I really thought about it, you know, like, is he bringing more eyes to boxing or is this, oh, this is terrible, horrendous for the sport of boxing? It's neither. You go back. It's, oh, that was it. That was trending for a day. There's a lot of interest because of the storyline. Really? A guy's got one professional fight against another YouTuber and he lost and he's fighting a 50 and 0 professional in Floyd Money Mayweather. Where else can this happen? And it's on pay-per-view and people are buying it. Uh, there's interest there because of, I think it's because of the story. You're like, this kid's got to get his ass kicked. But no, he's giving up, you know, 50 pounds. He's so much taller. This is a smaller man and Floyd Money Mayweather. So I really think it does nothing good or bad for the actual sport of boxing. You either like boxing or you don't like boxing. You know, I'll have more on this on the back end, but let me welcome in now. He is a five-time world champion. He is the magic man, Antonio Tarver. He is also training his son, Antonio Tarver Jr. Antonio Tarver Jr. got a late start. He's learning from his dad. He's always been around the boxing game, but he had other interests. And congratulations to Antonio Tarver. He's going into the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame. He was in the Rocky movie. Very interesting cat. Without further ado, here, right now, on the Rock Stops here, the magic man, Antonio Tarver. 
Antonio, it's been a long time since you and I yes, have hooked up, and you don't look any different. I mean, <laughs> you don't age. Father Time can't get to you. What is your secret, Antonio? You know what, man? Uh, just uh, staying stress-free, I guess. You know what I mean? Um, that's what I contributed to, and smiling a lot, man, just enjoying life. You got your son yeah. uh, under your wing, Antonio Tarver Jr., uh, and he, he got into it a little bit late, but I know he was a very good athlete. How's that coming along with your son? You know, it's coming along good. I mean, I think right now he's focused like he's never been focused before. Um, we have him a fight right now set June 18th. It's the weekend of uh, the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame induction in which I'll be going in this year. Congratulations. So, so proud and thankful for that. The Florida Boxing uh, Hall of Fame for in, in the induction. Uh, we have the ceremony on the 20th. So it's going to be a phenomenal weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Nice, 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 nice. You know, and you're from Florida. I mean, I know you call Tampa home now. You're the magic man, Orlando. So, and there's been a lot of great fighters. So I'm sure uh, when you got the word, uh, it, meant, it, meant, it meant something oh, yeah. to you. Oh, long, yeah, huh? most definitely. You know, it's... Um, you know, a lifelong uh, work, uh, you know, realized, you know, when we get started in this, you know, all we want to do is become champion. You know, we want we, we don't think about the aftermath, but um, with this Hall of Fame and, and being inducted into it, it really puts your career in perspective. You know, uh, you think about the whole career in its entirety, where it started from and how it ended. And all the times in between, you know, all the blessings and the, the unbelie unbelievable things I've had the privilege to see, the great people and the men that I've had to meet. This has been an unbelievable uh, magic carpet ride. You know, you had, just like everybody, there's been a lot of ups and downs. But when I was going through last night, some stuff I even forgot about. Like you, you had a stellar amateur career. Yes. Gold in the Pan American Games, yes. the world. World the championships. World championships. And then. National you, championship. All in the same year. I was the first fighter to ever do that in 1995, man. And uh, I was really riding high going into the Olympics. And, uh, you know, with that gold medal being my uh, my goal, we came up short with a bronze in a in a, in what I believe looking back on it, it was very controversial decision. And a lot of as is the lot of a lot of the Olympic matches. And, and uh, you can go back as far as Evander Holyfield, you know, Roy Jones Jr., just to name a few that have had, you know, uh, horrible decisions in the Olympics. But that, you know, and so with that, a lot of times things don't always work out your way. But I've I've learned that when you get knocked down, it's important that you look inside yourself, find that character and see what you made of. You got to get back up. And I've done that time and time again. And, and that's uh, I really uh, lend that to the reason why I've been able to be successful that's a you know what that's a really good point that is that is a good point because that's life in general it's how you pick yourself up off the canvas right and and come back when i look at your pro career what what are you most proud of was it the was it the roy jones jr the three fights the first one that was controversial and then being able to knock him out early and then to be able to do what you did in the third. Is is that one of the ones that stands out to you? Well, well as you look back on it now. 
Well, I mean, uh, my career as a whole, I think, really demonstrated uh, my will to win, my determination, and just the belief I had in myself. And when I say in myself, I want to say, you know, in the dream that, that God put in me, you know, I trusted it. You know what I mean? Uh, never doubting it. And they say you have to have the faith of a muscle seat. I think my faith surpassed that. I think when you look at, when I look in the mirror, I, I there's nothing that I don't believe I can accomplish if I put my mind to it. And that's just how I've always really looked at it. You know, it didn't matter who or what was in front of me. I knew I put in the work. I knew God gave me a unique gift and talent. And I just never doubted it. I never doubted it for a second. I knew that everything I accomplished, you know, if I worked hard for it, it was mine. And that was the, that was the promise that he gave me. And I just believed it. I trusted it with all my heart. I never lost faith in myself. Five-time world champion, you and at different weight classes. Now you're walking around. You are not a heavyweight, <laughs> and you did that. And then, of course, cruiserweight and all the times that you won. Not a lot of guys can do that, man. No, no. Um, but I think, I think the heavyweight division would have been the division that I really, truly, I believe, really showed the world why I'm the magic man. I think when you look at a, a smaller guy like myself and, and looking at the talent at the heavyweight division, even to today, I, I think they would have been amazed to see me handle uh box fight and move the way I would have done against those big guys. I think that would have really shown the world why I was able to achieve everything that I was able to achieve because I just don't think they saw my ability at light heavyweight. I don't think they saw my ability at cruiserweight, but I think there's no way they could have denied my ability at heavyweight. And I didn't get a chance to really finish my career. You know, I think I retired prematurely. When you look at, I haven't lost a fight since 2009. Right, right. You know, if you let, right now today, I haven't lost a fight since 2009. And then to retire in 2015, being undefeated as a heavyweight, I don't think I was allowed to really put a ribbon on my career like I would have wanted. I see. I wanted to fight for the heavyweight title, Rock, because I believe I would have became heavyweight champion. And I think me becoming heavyweight champion, I think there would have been no more doubt of what my of where my position is in boxing. I think right now, as it sits, not having a chance to finish it off like I wanted to, right? You can question my greatness, right? And that's what hurts me the most. I see. I that see. hurts me deep down in my heart, man. Because I didn't get a chance to really show the world really what I was made of. They really thought they saw the best of me against Roy Jones, right? I can tell you, I was just scratching the surface. Wow. You know, uh, I didn't get. The, the, the uh, Joe Calzaghe fight. I never got the Bernard Hopkins rematch. I think those fights would have solidified my position in boxing. So a lot of things, you know, I didn't have an opportunity to do. Because once I beat Roy Jones, I mean, I, I felt that the world thought I was too dangerous for anybody. You know, and, and, and so uh, I don't think the politics... 
and the and the business of boxing really wanted to see Antonio Tarver on that Mount Rushmore because it really dims the light on a lot of people that they really thought was the goats. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, after the Roy Jones Jr. man, you were you were everywhere. I mean, the, the lot of fame was coming at that time, was it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, right? you know, life changed for me. You know, but when you're the when you're the uh, the captain of the Olympic team, when you're the 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 favorite to win gold in Atlanta, you know, I've had that type of you know uh, recognition vis- or visibility okay. before. Okay, you know, uh, but it was never at that magnitude. You know, oh. uh, yeah. When I knocked Roy Jones out, it, it was different. You know, I think I had be- I finally arrived. You know, the, my '96 Olympic team. You know, they took off. You know, Fernando Vargas, Floyd Mayweather, David Reed. Those guys had a head start. You know, when I started my professional career, even with that bronze medal and and, and the favor to win gold, I didn't even have a manager or a promoter to get started, Rock. So, you know, my my story is a little bit different than all the rest. You feel me? Because I didn't have that team of managers, team of promoters. I was by myself and I had to beat every guy that was ranked above me until there was no one else left. And even then, Roy Jones was running. So, you know, my my rise to the top was a lot tougher. It was a lot harder. And with everything put on me, it's a miracle that I even made it. And, th- and that just goes to show you that when God has you, can't nobody be against you. They can prolong it. They can, you know, delay it. But they can't stop it. They can't stop it because it's going to show up because the, the cream always rises to the top. That's good advice. That's good advice, even in even in life. What about your experience on the big screen against Rocky Balboa? You were Mason, <laughs> the line, Dixon. You, I went back and saw that last night. You did a fantastic job, man. What was that experience like with the great Sly Stallone? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? I get cheer bumps right now, man. Just even thinking about it and just reliving the fact that, man, I was able to be fortunate enough to play in the biggest sports movie of all time, Rocky Balboa. I remember as a kid eating raw eggs, attempting one-arm push-ups, you know, so dum, the dum, Rocky dum, franchise. was playing last night and I was getting goosebumps. Oh my God. Right. So, you know, this was just something that I never dreamed could be possible. And so when God bless you like that, you got to know that, you know what, you kind of feel as if, you know, he's giving you favoritism almost because you just never in a million years think that how could this possibly happen to me? So it was one of those things that I'll never forget, man. I appreciate the great Sly Stallone for even considering me. And I hope that I did the movie justice. Yeah, you did. I you know, think you did. The fight scene was one of the, I think, uh, most realistic fight scenes that you've seen at that time in cinema history. I had a great part in being a, a, a major role in making that happen. So, um, and then just the relationships I built, I mean, is unbelievable. I'll never forget uh, Gunner was our strength and conditioning coach, Gunner Peterson. He's one of the top trainers in the world today. We still keep in touch, you know, from his social media platform. 
you know, unfortunately, Sly and I don't keep in touch sure, like we used to. You know, but that's one of the things, you know, when you look at what are some of the things that you wish you could have done differently in life? You know, I think that, uh, you know, I could have done a few things differently in life to just try to keep that relationship a little bit more tighter. You know what I mean? Now, we move uh, further here. You were all set to fight Frank Muir, the MMA uh, legend, on the undercard of the Logan Paul, Ben Askren. And then I read this ridiculous rule in Georgia. Now, I understand they're trying to protect older fighters. And what was it? If you're over 50, you have to have like six fights and you haven't had. But you are in great shape. You think they would take it case by case. So you didn't get that opportunity. You were you, you were getting ready for that and going to be on that undercard. Man, I, was, I, I, was, I was in training camp. I was in training camp working. And, and uh, we had diligently worked to put that deal together, my comeback on that major platform, Rock. Um, again, man, I mean, when you look at my career, yeah. you would think a guy like myself could catch a break, you know, here and there. But it just don't seem to be happening, man. It just seems like every time I work hard to build a situation, it seems like at the end of the day, someone infiltrates, tear it down, and 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 just kick me out of the the whole platform. That was the f- that was going to be one of the biggest events, and they sold almost two million pay per view buys. Right. And with me, you know, with that being said, it was just I could have really coming back after six years, right, being off, right. And I work with this new company. This is their first show. Right. You know, this is a platform right. type of thing. Right. I just thought I found a great situation, man. I didn't see, I was blindsided. I didn't see any of this coming. And when you look at all the old fighters that they have out here now making the rounds, right. I've kept better than all of them. I've kept better than all of them. When you look at me, you don't see any wear and tear no. from my career. You don't see me slurring any of my sentences. I have my, you know, I have my faculties out of 23 years in the game and they want to question my ability never been never having never having been knocked out never having been cut and having one of the best defenses in the game in the history of the sport i think they kind of went above and beyond to try to take me out of a platform that was that i could have really greatly benefited from you know the game hadn't been good to me a lot of ways you know i've 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 accomplished a lot but when it's time to pay back, right. to give, when, it, when it's time for the game to give something back, I haven't received it. Haven't received anything. It's, it's been ter- horribly tough since retirement. You know, not being able to be a part of the great sport that I sacrificed my whole life for. I started boxing at 10 years old. Now you got guys that are walking off the street, putting on boxing gloves, never done the ring before. And these are the guys that are taking over the sport. You know, I don't, I'm not bitter about that, but I just felt like, hey, I, I should have been involved. I think I had a lot to bring to the table, bring to the platform. When you look at my history, I just don't, under, I just don't understand how they couldn't see the win in that, the victory in that, bringing back a, a legendary fighter like myself that have had those great moments in time. I, re- I was a pay-per-view star. I wasn't just a regular fighter. 
I was a five-time champion. I had some of the biggest moments in sports. So a lot of time it makes me feel like they want an attempt to try to minimize everything I've accomplished. But for what? Why? I don't get it. Well, it's maybe. a great story, Rock. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's the greatest it's story yet. never told. And I don't think that's it, my hashtag. <laughs> I don't think it's done yet because I was thinking this. Okay, now we are we are taping this days before Logan Paul is going to fight Mayweather, but <laughs> right. Jake Paul. Okay, now is signed with Showtime. You were actually at the fight too. Yes, the yes. Asking, I saw you were you were down there. All right, so you saw it. So he's he's going to fight Tyron Woodley. Another MMA guy. Yes, he is a better striker than Ben Askren. Another smaller guy, too. And smaller. He knows what he's doing. He's not dumb. He's not dumb. But, and I think you, I think I saw you on TMZ and you you challenged him. I was the Honestly, first one called you, him you out. You were the first one. First okay. one called him out after, think, he, after he knocked out Nate Robinson. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, all right. Okay. He wants to prove. Okay. So let's say he beats Woodley. Is there still a possibility that you could be the first former world champion in boxing that could take him on? What do you think? Do you think he doesn't want any part no, of you? I mean, my thing is, my thought process is that, you know, after that after that video of him and Mayweather went viral, I mean, I guess you would say Mayweather just pretty much solidified the fight with Logan Paul as well as Jake Paul. So, you know, um, no, nah, I mean, Floyd is going to, I believe Floyd is going to fight both of them. I see. So, my I thing see. is, you know, it, it, I guess that's that's the only only fighter that people want to see. I mean, I, I think when you look at it, that's the only fighter that uh, that that they allow to do with anything. He, he, he can fight a guy with no wins, no record. Fight a guy that's never boxed before. I mean, there's certain things that only exhibition. Because I was going to fight Frank Mir. I thought that was a great matchup of legendary type of fighters that we could have made a big splash, and and we could have had more opportunities for others other than just one person. Gotcha, gotcha. It's gotcha. enough room in the game for more than just Mayweather. So for boxing, if you wanted to fight again, do you think you would be able to get uh, licensed or no? I mean, that was the state of Georgia. Uh, you know, the thing, the thing what I was really excited about, about was the fact that, you know, Mike Tyson, right. guys like Holyfield, they, right. they gave Roy Jones opportunity. I, I'm not really interested in fighting world champions and, and these young fighters of again. Of course, of course. Now, don't think... For one minute, that I don't believe I can. I just, but but when you got guys fighting MMA fighters and Taekwondo fighters and mixed martial art fighters, and they pan, there's a lane out there for this. I just want to participate. Why can't the Magic Man Antonio Tarver participate in all of this that's going on? Don't tell me there's not enough room for me. It don't make any sense. I understand why, because when I get on stage, they can't predict, they can't control what happens inside the ring. That's where I'm I'm free. You see what I'm saying? I'm free to be me, and I'm free to put my talents on display, and then the people can receive it. You see what I'm saying? Sure. So, you know, I don't know why. It's been such a hard time getting back in that square circle, man. And uh, I'm healthy. 
I'm strong. Yeah, you look, you, fan- can you look see fantastic. It. You man. understand? Unbelievable. I'm, I've kept better than all these old fighters. So my thing is, why not? Gotcha. What is it that they are trying to prevent the world from seeing? All right. Last but not least, uh, getting back to your son, getting back to your son now. Now, does that revive, help revive you a little bit seeing that he's into it? I'm assuming he's into it. So if you oh, see yeah. that he's into it and he's a chip off the old block and he's your blood, what has that done for you and, 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 and imparting your knowledge to your son now? Right. Well, um, I always go back to the fact that even though Junior has been raised in the gym, you know, right. watching since I he was see. a little kid, yeah, traveling, seeing, being a part of everything I was doing, you know, um, I was so focused that every time he did come to the gym, I was so focused on me, I couldn't really see him. You know what I mean? And I got one big regret. I see that I didn't let him start sooner or earlier or even that I didn't push him a little bit to start. You're being honest, but I never though, man. tried to force him to box because I know how hard this sport is. But once he became 18, 19, he chose it himself. You know, um, he wasn't raised in the gym like I was. He didn't get the experience at a young age like me, but he was always around the gym i just had to beat him off the bags but now hindsight i should have let him go he probably could have been a great champion already but when i look at my career i know god don't make no mistakes thank you magic man antonio tarver now he also it's for he's writing a book okay and he also works in the mental health field helping young men you know, open up. And he was saying specifically in the black community, where you're taught as a, as a young guy to like not not admit that you may have something going on in your head. Suck it up. And it's time to break through that mental barrier. It's enough for another podcast. He's also got a book coming out. He's going to tell all about it. So my thanks to Antonio Tarver going into the Florida Hall of Fame. Uh, it's good to talk with you again, Antonio. Now, Real quickly again, I, I looked it up. I mentioned it uh, before we brought in uh, Antonio. Logan Paul versus Mayweather. It was number one on Google Trends Saturday. Now, the fight was on Sunday. Remember? Uh, a Sunday night? 10 million plus searches. You're saying that nobody gives a shit about this? This is a joke? Obviously, there are people that are interested in it. And maybe some of these fighters should take note. You know, it's not only just what you do in the ring. You know, and you know what? This stuff has really been going on for ages. Muhammad Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. He used to have a beef, but he really loved him. Howard Cosell. For those of you that are younger, Google Howard Cosell. Down goes Frazier. He wore this toupee. He was an ugly looking man. He had a distinctive voice. And, and when they would do interviews and Muhammad Ali and he would hit on his head and try to pull off his rug and, and, and bust on his chops and this and that and this and that. And he would grab the microphone and, and let me tell you this. And but, you know, it, it, it's interest. It's show. It's entertainment. And especially now, because we have so much at our fingertips, you know, not much probably surprises you. Videos you see. Everything is on your phone. So you got to be more than just a good fighter, you know, if you want to bring in the big dollars and there's got to be a heel 
That's a wrestling term. The guy that you want to hate, the guy that you want to see lose, the guy that you want to see get his ass kicked. And that's what the Pauls are good at. They're trolling, you know? So anyway, and I, and I always, you know, I was just thinking about this. I remember Muhammad Ali because when I was sitting across from Antonio Tarver, we did that in uh, Calta's 24-7 gym. It's a boxing gym in Tampa. And we were sitting there in the front uh, the front lobby doing the interview. And I'm looking at Antonio. I'm like, wow, he's 50, whatever he is, 52 or something like that. He does not have a mark on his face at all, at all. And I didn't even realize until he mentioned in the uh, interview there, all of his years, he's never he's never been dropped. He's never gone down one time. He's never been cut. That's incredible, man. And I always remember the great Muhammad Ali saying, now, when, when Muhammad Ali was fighting, they didn't have, there was no internet. Sometimes if he was fighting someone from another country or, you know, wasn't that well known, there wasn't a lot of footage that was saved. Remember, you couldn't just send something over the internet or satellite. You'd have to mail a tape. You know, it was just a different time. And he said when he would get, the first time that he would see an opponent, when he would fly to wherever the fight was going to be, he would always study his face. And he's like, hmm, boy, he's got good skin. He doesn't have a mark on him. Hmm, that concerns me. That means he's really good defensively. Isn't that something? You know, the, the boxing is called the sweet science. It's more than just flailing away. You know, that's for the tough man contest. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? And it and and also Muhammad Ali, you know, he was not. There was a time when he was the draft dodger. He did not. He was not going to go in the Vietnam War. Changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. And and back in the day, there were a lot of detractors, but he fought through it. Those that I never got a chance. That's one. I've I have been able, fortunate enough to interview most big names. In the world of sports, in my, God, is it almost 30 years now? Oh, my goodness. Uh No, no, it can't be that long. But I I remember I was in this little county, Sussex County, New Jersey, very, very small. They call it the tri-state area, Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey. Way, 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 way at the top. You probably heard of Vernon Valley Ski Resort, you know, up there. And there was this little town called Newton. N-E-W-T-O-N. And when I was starting out in radio, I was working in radio in Sussex County, and there was a well-liked gentleman that had been behind the scenes in boxing, had passed away. And I'll never forget it. This is a long time ago. And I was working at a radio station, and Muhammad Ali flew to Newton, New Jersey, in Sussex County to attend a funeral of this man. And it wasn't a well-known man. It was somebody that had worked with Muhammad Ali. He knew him. And he was just had that starting with the Parkinson's. And he wanted to make sure that he was there. And I know that there was a guy that took a picture and asked if he could ask him a question or two. Another guy that was in local red. And Muhammad Ali couldn't have been nicer. And any of those that have ever come in contact with Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali told me he was a great man. He was even a better man than he was a boxer. All right, so we move on from the boxing game. All right, now we're getting ready here. We're now going into summer vacation when it comes to football. I don't mean overseas soccer, football, football, 
and mini camps are all done. And it's interesting. This is the first year I've ever seen this, but I know the San Francisco 49ers. I wasn't sure what the Houston Texans do. A couple of teams, they just decided to like forego. They cut their mini camps short. The 49ers had a couple of injuries and they're like, you know what? Boom, let's quit right now. And Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has all of his starters back from the Super Bowl championship team going into this season. You look at Vegas and the odds, they're picked with the Chief, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who they played. Everybody feels the Chiefs will be back in the game. But the Buccaneers, coming out of the NFC, are the favorites. And Arian, Arians was asked about that, and he's like, no, nah, you can't just like, you don't just, you don't get these days back. And yeah, even though we got starters, and the starters know our system, you still have new guys, a couple of new guys, plus the draft picks, and you still need to get this work in. Don't work like that. You don't. You can't just blow it off. And and if the NFL wants to cut the spring ball, as he calls it, okay, that's fine. But you got to make up these days somewhere. That you know that is coach speak, you know. And he gave the team a message like, "Look, you guys are off. It's the it's the most nerve wracking time right now." Right now, where we all are right now, summer vacation, it's the most nerve-wracking time for NFL teams and coaches because they don't have the players under them. They're not coming to the facility every day. They're back in wherever they live, and especially the young guys that don't have a family yet, you know, the kids and the wife and the dog and all the responsibilities that comes along with that. Those young guys that are single and they're just, they got a little money in their pocket and they're 23 years old and they're in fantastic shape and they think that they can, you know, do no wrong and this life's all going to go like this forever. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Remember back when you were 23 years old, can you imagine if you had a lot of money and chicks were all over you and everybody wants to party with you and you can stay up all night? I mean, right? And you're healthy? And you got no responsibility but yourself? <laughs> what, what, what is it the old saying? Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Some say either three. Some use it as one. You know, you're still out. Uh-oh. Look out. Look out. So anyway, it's the most nerve-wracking time. And Arians told the Buccaneer team, he says, I just told him, don't be that guy. Don't you be that guy that screws this all up. You know, we need everybody. And there's a couple of guys in this Florida heat that, you know, you you, you got to make that commitment, man, because it's a little bit different in the summer. And when you start training camp and you put on those pads and those pads weigh, what, like 40 pounds and with all the sweat and with the helmet and under the sun. Oh. Now, I have been over my career able to travel to a lot of NFL training camps. And, you know, when I first moved to Florida, I would be like, oh, my God, I can't even take this. And people say, it's hot everywhere. It's hot in New Jersey. It's hot in Chicago. Oh, my God, in St. Louis. Oh, my God, it's hot. It ain't Florida consistent day in and day out. This Florida sun in the summer is brutal. Brutal. And if you live here, you know what I'm talking about. But I, 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 I was able to go to uh, one of the practices, the mini camp. I can tell you this. You can't. It's not football. It's called underwear football. 
it's shorts, it's shirts, it's helmets. They run plays almost at full speed. You can't tackle. You're not supposed to get a guy down on the ground. Sometimes there's a slip up, but usually not. Uh, You still run your plays. Defense is doing their thing. There's interceptions. There's touchdowns, things like that. But it's it's not football. And coaches will tell you, you can't really judge. And I'm not going to get, you know, screwed over because I've done that over the years. But just watching Brady. Now, I have been covering training camps since I was in my 20s. And I'm a little bit older than that now. And I've seen a ton of off-season workouts and camps. And for the most part, if you're in the NFL, it's pretty much all business. You know, I remember I had Brad Culpepper, the former Buccaneer, and he was on Survivor. He's the one that lives next door to, to Tom Brady, did, with Jeter, Jeter's house. And he told me, he goes, the one thing, you know, he, you know, some players, yeah, they miss it and the camaraderie, but he goes, I don't miss the pressure. There's pressure every day in practice because you are videotaped and they break down that film after every single practice, the coaches, there's no hiding. Can you imagine in your job, if you were videotaped every single day, everything that you did when you were working and then at night. Your boss was breaking down video of you in the hallway, where you went to lunch, what you did, who you talked to, what you were watching on your internet. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine that? That is, that is, that can, that, that can wear on you. But, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, woe is these guys. But he said that there's a lot of pressure and there's guys looking at, there's guys right there looking to take your job. But what I watched, when I watched Brady, he's got a little bit of a knee brace. You can't tell at all. This guy's 43. He's going to be 44. Just had surgery on the knee. You wouldn't know it all. But he is all business. Here it was in June in a sweltering hot 94 degree day and it's June and he's been through 21 of these and he is all business. Every movement, everything that he does, everything is timed out. Now, I will tell you this. I have had players that have played with Brady, including this current crop that have told me he's not as, you know, once you get him in the locker room and stuff and for as big of a star as he is, he can take ball busting. They call him old old head, old head, not old head, like old old head, O L E H E A D. That's a term that the young people use. I don't want to sound like I'm on the old fart here, but I've heard that around like, hey, old head, old head. And there was a video of Devin White. <laughs> he played at LSU. He's a linebacker. He's fast as hell and he's really good and i saw a video i don't know if it was on instagram or whatever and he was taking the, taking the video of brady and he's like hey old head hey old head old head and brady's sitting at his locker and he, and brady looks over and he makes a face and he kind of like smiles and he puts his uh, finger to his cheek like ha ah, like i am old head like kidding around like he does have a really good sense of humor and you can bust his balls and they bust his chops about how slow he is. And he was kidding around saying we're going to be faster this year. So, you know what? It's kind of neat to see a little behind the scenes. See, that's the stuff that I do miss. 
of having access. I know the players don't like it. They don't like media at all. Why would they? They don't want to see us media geeks coming into their their house. But you miss like uh, it's it's. I love to see some of that stuff. Not when they're going to take a shower or getting changed. That to me is. Uh, uh, but you can see you can you can find out things by just watching, observing. I'm always observing, no matter where we go. My wife is like, when we're driving down the street, she's like, oh, you're so creepy. Speed it up. Oh, why are you doing that? I'm like, oh, I'm observing. I'm seeing what's going on in the neighborhood. That drives her crazy. Or we're walking somewhere in the mall. She's like, what are you doing? Look ahead. But I'm always watching. I observe. You can see things. I remember when Jameis Winston, it came out that he uh, groped. Remember that at the drive-in? He had an Uber driver, a female, and he groped her. And after that, he had stopped drinking, but whatever, whatever. But my point was he got suspended. And when he got suspended for the the couple of games that he was suspended, he wasn't allowed in the facility. And then when he came back, Fitzpatrick was still the starter. And I remember watching Jameis over near his locker. And it was like, you could see that he was just down because the here's a guy that was a superstar like in pop warner little league remember he played baseball at fsu and football he was always the man always the man and you're the number one draft pick you come into the organization and when you're the number one pick as a quarterback everybody expects you to just turn the franchise around like it ain't that easy obviously but i mean you're the man the starter gets all the reps the starter quarterback wears the suit the game, except Fitzpatrick when he wore the the, the, the the jumpsuit of Deshaun Jackson with the hairy chest and stuff. That was hysterical. But no, you're the man. Wednesday or Thursday, the starting quarterback always speaks up at the podium. You know, you're, you're the guy. You're the guy. And Jameis Winston was always the guy. And then all of a sudden, after that three-game suspension came back, he was... He, he, well, I remember asking him, had you ever lost your job as a starter in any sport due to not playing as well as a starter? He goes, never. It's never happened to me before. But, I mean, I could just watch body language. You know, you see somebody's body language, they're kind of like shuffling their feet, heads down a little bit in the locker. Like, wow, that was hard for him mentally to overcome. Like, I'm no longer the guy, and I screwed up. But anyway, you don't get that access, and I don't know if that is ever going to come back but things are opening up the nfl listen i'm going to be talking to my source in the nfl and i might have uh, some you know a little information for you going forward to this nfl season on the next podcast it drops every tuesday morning if you care and then it, but that's what's great about podcasts you can just whenever you get to them man you get to them a uh, couple of things, baseball, you know, the big story now, you know, is the, you know, oh, pitchers are using this spider, spidey tech, tack tech. It's a stuff you can use for better grip. It's a sick, a sticky, sticky thing. There's always at this level, you know, up from high school, it's little league, it's high school, it's legion ball. If you're good enough college. If you're really good enough, it's called the Cape Cod League, a wooden bat league. If you can do good there, 
and then you got a shot at pro ball, and then you got to go through all the rings of minor league baseball, and then you finally get to the major leagues. This is the thing that I have learned over all of my years, whether it's NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, everybody is really stinking good, okay? There's nobody given a free pass. Everybody is really good, and everybody to stay there to make your millions, to be treated at five-star hotels, private uh, jets. You know, you never have to wait. That's the one thing that I really blew my mind when we got to travel as a media guy to Japan on the team plane and see how when you get off, like you don't have to sit down. Like, you know, you can do whatever you want on a plane. And then when you get there, Boom, you go walk down the steps, the tarmac, the beautiful bus is right there, air conditioning. You go on that. It takes you right to the front door of the team hotel. Whatever team hotel these players are staying at is always four star, five star. You never have to pick up your luggage. There's a guy called the traveling secretary that arranges all of this. You just get your key. You don't have to stand in line at the front lobby of a hotel and wait. You got your per diem. Your meals are taken care of. So my point is, if you get to that level, you want to stay at that level. What a great life that is. And in order to be able to perform to stay at that level, because there's somebody always trying to uh, take your job, you're going to look for an advantage. Is it called cheating? It's looking for an advantage. And it's been going on for centuries. From Cork Bat to the Negro Brothers, Gaylord, uh, Gaylord Perry used to have this stuff underneath his, the, 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 the brim of his baseball cap. You know, uh, you know uh, they're always going to be looking for something. But in the end, it's see ball, hit ball. And you got to come through. And I'm not making too much out of it because if they take away this sticky substance, then there'll be something else. You know what I'm saying? So I don't get too too much caught up in that. One last thing I wanted to kind of end it on here today is I'm wondering, are you like me? The Summer Olympics now are right around the corner. Here we are in June. I don't have anybody talking to me at all about the Summer Olympics. Do you? I just don't feel like there's that buzz. And I was looking up the other day that NBC has the Summer Olympics and they are going to have something like 7,000 hours on all their platforms. NBC, NBC Sports, CNBC, all that, all their uh, digital and just, you know, so much manpower. And the men's basketball team, the women's basketball final will be on NBC Network. The and, you know, I I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I just can't get into women's basketball. I just can't. I can't. I'm going to be I I said when I'm starting this podcast, man, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I just cannot get into it now. There it I will. I did, I was enjoying the World Cup with the U.S. women's national soccer team. Other than that, I, I'm not a big soccer fan. I respect them. I didn't really grow up with it. 
even though I grew up in New Jersey and that was when the Cosmos were big with Pele, Beckenbauer, Giorgio Canale. I can remember that to like this day when I was little. Yeah. Uh, and there was the, you know, Fort Lauderdale strikers. And of course the, uh, Tampa Bay rowdies and kicking the grass, all that jazz. So I respect it. And I remember they used to get like 70,000 at uh giant stadium. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was big, but for some reason, the U S men's national team just cannot qualify. <laughs> uh, and there's something to be said about f- playing for your country. You know, we're all behind USA, 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 you know, and then, then it's over and then, but other than that, when I was little, how about when you were little? We never, now I grew up in a male oriented family because I had, it was my, my dad and my two brothers. So there was three, three boys and my dad. And we love, especially the winter Olympics. Oh my God. With the bobsled, the ski jumping, all that jazz. Remember Miracle on Ice with Team USA? Uh, and, the, and the Summer Olympics, we used to always watch it. Loved the track and field. Loved so much of it. But I don't know why, like, I'm not more pumped up about it. Maybe it's me. I, is it because we have so many other options now at our fingertips? It used to be huge. And I don't know. I don't know. You can always hit me up on any of my social platforms and uh, let me know what you think. Make comments here on this, on the podcast. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll do this again next time. I got a couple of really good guests coming up. And then I always give you my take. And I've I've talked to my man, Jerry, at RadioInfluence.com. And I think the best way is if I get a guest, get right to it. Because, and then maybe, you know, if that's not your thing, you know, scroll past it, you know, scrubs, you know, and then we'll get to that. And I'll always give you my take at the end. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks so much, man, for listening. My thank you to also Tampa Free Press and Brian Burns. Until next week, have a great week. And we are back. This is The Rock Stops Here. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.